This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nononsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 130 is brought to us by Bybit. Now, we have had a lot of new people come into Bybit in the last two months. Uh, For starters, what took you so long? But you still made a really good choice. Bybit just keeps getting bigger and bigger. People understand it's a highly liquid exchange. It has to worry a lot less about the regulations going on in the United States. You can trade almost anything you want, and you can do a lot of it on MT4, which no-nonsense Forex traders love to do. Promotions and contests going on all the time. It's a really great ecosystem to be a part of. If you'd like to be a part of it and you want even more bonuses and promotions and things like that, go down to the description and click on the Bybit blog. It will give you all the information you need. At the very bottom of the blog, you click my affiliate link and get signed up. Because whether you figure this out earlier or later, people have figured out that with Bybit, membership has its rewards. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and I don't want this episode to go too long, so there's going to be different things that I leave out, uh, because as a lot of you who follow the podcast know, we do our predictions episodes in January of the year, so I want to save some things for that, because I think they're a little more relevant for that time. But as far as right now goes, if you're listening to this in the future, and uh, or you've been living under a rock, crypto has gone up a lot lately, uh, with two main catalysts driving it. One is the anticipation of a spot Bitcoin ETF in the United States, and the other part is the evolution of GameFi. Web3 Gaming, uh, spurned on by very popular and charismatic content creator Alex Becker. And we will talk about all of that today, because while these are the two catalysts driving crypto in the present, they will also play a very large part in the future as well. And so uh, I want to spend this episode mainly talking about that. Now, overall, I will say that as of right now, um, this isn't really a wild prediction or anything like that, but I do think uh, the bottom we saw this past year is actually in. We saw it in very early January. It was 16.5, I think, in Bitcoin. And I don't see us getting below that again. Um, If we do, well then, as contrarians, we're ready for that. But the one thing I was really hoping to see for us to take that next step, and I've said this ad nauseum on this podcast, is institutions, financial institutions, coming into this space. Um, Not a lot of them were here in the last bull run, but they are coming now. Some of them are already here, um, but a lot of them will be coming after this ETF gets approved. And that's really, really big. Again, we don't have the holy grail. We don't have the the pension funds, the, the trillions and trillions of dollars that are sitting there coming into this space, but they may never enter. And that's fine. We actually don't need them. We just need institutions as a whole agreeing that this is a space to where their clients need to allocate at least some of their money, and this is what's going on right now. At least in the United States. I don't know too much about what's going on in Europe or Asia or places like that. But those places in general have always been a bit more progressive when it comes to crypto 
You know, you have places like China and the UK that are still seem really anti-crypto, but for the most part, they've been ahead of the game. So it wouldn't surprise me if those institutions were a bit ahead of the United States right now. But even if they're not, even if they're lagging behind, they're going to see the United States do it and probably follow suit eventually. And this is enormous for the overall space. This is what takes us into a really substantial bull market this time around. Without it, I didn't see another high really able to form. You know, because unlike before, you don't have the zero interest rate, free money, cocaine party that we had before. It's very, very different now. Life for a lot of people is very different. A lot of people got burned by the last bull market and they're not coming back. So with all of those factors in play, it's going to take something else. And that something else is going to have to be the institutions. And they are coming. Even the ones that were very anti-crypto years ago. Or at least said they were. You know, what they say to you is different than what they say to their clients. You know, everybody gets all up in arms of what Jamie Dimon says, you know, when he testifies to Congress. Uh, who cares? It's, it's such, this is the dumbest thing to get upset over. Because I guarantee you, at J.P. Morgan Private Wealth, that takes a minimum of $10 million to get into, those clients are being told something completely different than what Jamie Dimon is telling the plebes on TV. So just know the institutions are coming and the Bitcoin ETF is going to be the catalyst for that. Now, about the Bitcoin ETF. Everybody who is anybody in the crypto space and the TradFi space are all saying this is pretty much a done deal. And they often have some very good evidence for that. And I would say the probabilities are certainly on that side. However, remember this has to be approved by the SEC. It would not surprise me. If, for some reason, the SEC were to come out and not approve these ETFs this time around, causing a drop in the market. They have to remember, SEC Chair Gary Gensler pretty much works for Elizabeth Warren. Everybody gets all up in arms about how Gary Gensler doesn't do the things he needs to do, and when he does say things about crypto, it doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, it doesn't, and I'm sure he knows that. But I don't think he has a choice but to say and do the things he's doing. I've said this before. If a person or an organization suddenly does a complete face turn with their overall belief system overnight, you can almost guarantee that they have been compromised in some way. You know, so we still have this to contend with. It wouldn't surprise me if they made up some cockamamie reason of why they wouldn't approve any of these ETFs. And I want you to remember too, I said this in a previous episode, or I said it on the blog, I can't remember, but there are different approval dates for the different issuers of these ETFs. January 10th is the one that everybody concerns himself with. That's only two issuers. These deadlines go all the way through the month of January. So one, remember that. If you see the ones on January 10th not get approved, that doesn't mean they're not going to approve any of the ones after that. So that's still a possibility. Now, you will still see the market react because most people don't know what I'm telling you right now. You know, crypto people aren't known for uh, doing any real research. So this is how we stay ahead of them. But you have to remember, too, with me, it all goes back to human interest. A lot of these issuers, a lot of these institutional banks, they certainly wouldn't mind selling crypto to their clients but they want to sell it to their clients and they want to accumulate it for themselves at the lowest price possible. And prices are a bit inflated right now, especially compared to where they were before. This is a problem. 
How do you solve this problem? You make sure this first round of ETS does not get approved. Wait for the market to drop and then accumulate afterwards. Now, I had a really interesting comment to a tweet I put out this week, and he was making the case that it's possible that these people already accumulated back before the big run-up. And I thought that was a really well-thought-out possibility. That certainly could have happened. But if it didn't, they are still going to want cheaper prices. It is a really bad look to get all this excitement around Bitcoin and to have these institutions sell Bitcoin to their clients at 40 to 45K and then have it drop down to 25K in a matter of months. You know, it takes a long time to build up a good reputation, especially with clients who really aren't looking for this type of volatility in the first place. So you certainly want to avoid that. And the best way to avoid that is to get in at a lower price. So the way I think we play this is to fully expect at least one of them to get approved. That's what I'm expecting. But just be aware of why it may not happen. And if it does, I am getting my wallet out. Because like I said, I think the bottom's already in. And if price is going to make a lower low, well, then I want to be a buyer for that. And then there's also the possibility of selling the news. We might get approvals and then see a drop anyway, because you guys know that's just how things go often, especially in the crypto world. My God, you know, there's this one big thing we're waiting for in this particular token, and then we get it, and then a huge sell-off comes. The exact opposite of what we thought should have happened. But if this scenario plays out with the ETFs, I'm still buying with both hands because these ETFs and the gateway it provides for institutions is so massively bullish for the future. Just because price sells off after the news does not mean this is all of a sudden changed. That's absurd. If anything, any drop in price from that point on is going to be a real buying opportunity. I still think where we are right now, even though we've seen this inflation of price, overall, in the annals of our history, and we just want to be historically correct, contrarians, remember that, we are still in, currently, an accumulation phase, at least in the mid to larger cap tokens. Speaking of things that are not mid to large cap tokens, for the most part, uh, GameFi was the other piece of the puzzle, the other catalyst driving this run. And this has been really interesting because, as I said before, everybody's just kind of getting on board with it now. Everybody's like, oh, wow, you know, gaming is going to change, change the world in terms of, you know, Web3 and how it affects the crypto markets, things like that. You know, things we have been saying for years and we were positioned well before this narrative even took shape. We were in things like IMX, ILV. And then some of the layer ones that stood to benefit from this movement, like Avalanche, like Matic. And we got into some NFTs. Not the profile picture NFTs. I'm generally against those. But, you know, actually gaming assets that not only produce revenue passively, but could become absolute money factories should these games actually become something. Now, this new narrative has been brought on primarily by Alex Becker. Huge Twitter following, has over a million YouTube subscribers, and people listen to what he does because he has been extremely successful at every turn. I've always been a huge fan of Alex. 
He's this rare combination of high intelligence and high charisma. And he says some things on Twitter that are so dead on, but things that I've never heard before. And so I really like and respect people like this. Now, that being said, I don't love what he's doing right now. And it's not even his fault. I'll explain. So this morning, he came out with his version of a money management take profit video, um, similar to what you've seen me do in the past. And he made a lot of similar points. It's still certainly worth watching. Um, I watched it this morning. That's why this podcast is going to be a bit late because I had to watch it and take notes on it. But after you're done with this, if you haven't seen it, I suggest you do. Um, He explained to an audience of people who have no idea how to do this, nor do they even want to, because as Alex even alludes to all the time, his audience is a bunch of dimwits for the most part. And he explains to them, look, you need to take money on the way up. You're not going to want to, but you still have to do it because you're never going to be able to pick out the top. We all think we know how to pick out the top. We all thought we knew how to do it in the last bull cycle. And there were like 250 different signs of an obvious top. You know, if the Crazon monkey pictures wasn't the top, I don't know what was, but it wasn't. The markets kept going crazy well after that. You know, then Elon came out and made a tweet that nobody saw coming. And that's the one thing that set everything in motion. Like the point is you'll never know when the top is. So you'll just have to do what we do here and create spreadsheets ahead of time. I know it's going to take you all of 10 minutes. It's awful. But you do that and then you actually abide by it when it's time. I just tweeted out not long ago. I took profit on Avalanche. That seems absurd right now. Avalanche is going nuts. It is the future of GameFi. Why, VP, on earth would you be taking any type of profit right now? Because I'm disciplined. Period. End of sentence. I not only tell you what I do, I actually do it. So I've taken some profit on Avalanche. I have four times my money from the price I averaged in two. That money gets converted into Tether. And then the next time I purchase crypto, or the next two times or three times I purchase crypto, it's going to be completely free of cost. The majority of my crypto was bought with free money. So I just want to stress the importance of this. Now back to the problem I have with this overall methodology of what Alex is doing is, and again, it's not his fault. Over the last month or so, a lot of these Alex Becker stand channels have proliferated and they're, they're popping up on my YouTube. Now, the channels aren't really designed for this, but a lot of larger channels or mid-sized YouTube channels have become this. They have been able to discover Alex Becker's crypto wallets. There's a program called Arkham where you can go do this. And uh, over time, they've discovered every one of his wallets for the most part, and they know exactly what's in it, and they know when he buys. And he doesn't even have to say anything anymore. People just pay attention to when he buys and then everybody piles in. The issue with this is that when he sells, given how most crypto investors are stupid, they're not going to remember the time where Alex said, I'm only selling a little bit on the way up. They're going to see him sell and there's going to be enough people because remember, most of what he's investing in is a very low cap token. So it doesn't take much for these things to move. He's going to sell 
Other people are going to panic sell likely everything, likely their entire positions. And this is going to cause a big drop in price, which other people are going to see. And that's going to cause them to sell too. Now, you might be saying that's great. They actually made some money on their investments, which for these people is rare. Yeah, but they're dumping tokens that are actually attached to real gaming projects, real companies. And it often hurts them when you do this. Sometimes it can be an absolute death blow. When the price of the Axie Infinity token cratered, then people no longer had the motivation to play the game because the tokens they were earning were worth a lot less and they felt like their time was better spent elsewhere. Now you might say, well, if you make a really good game, you won't have to worry about this. I don't know about that. All right, there's going to be some people that just play the most fun game out there, but this is Web3. You know, people, especially men, are driven by greed, status, and money. There's going to be a lot of people who just play the game that's going to pay them the most or some combination of fun and earning potential. But earning potential will certainly be a part of it. And if over time you got these dumb little kids dumping these tokens because they saw Alex Becker do it, these are consequences I don't think most people understand. So I'm not in favor of it, but I can't stop it. It is what it is. I just thought I'd put that rant out there. What I will say to this point, though, is there's a lot of excitement around GameFi right now. However, we still have to realize most of these games aren't coming out anytime soon. You know, everybody's all excited over Alluvium because it should be one of the first you know, major titles out the gate, and it probably will be, but as somebody who follows this project, I don't, I mean, the earliest I see this happening would be mid to late summer of 2024, and in crypto time, that, that's a long time to wait, and Alluvium never, ever hits its deadline, so it could be even later. I asked on Twitter when Shrapnel was supposed to come out. That's another really big one. And they said some of the early demo stuff is out now, or some of the early alpha. Um, but that doesn't mean the whole game is even close. Like, you still have to intertwine the whole blockchain layer of things. And I know Alluvium hasn't done that at all. Uh, but that's quite a project, you know. So we might be entering kind of a miniature version of 2021 with all the metaverse hype to where... These projects, it's in their best interest not to tell you what we should already know, but we didn't really know at the time because we, we're not game programmers. But these things take a very long time to create. And a bunch of us got in in 2021 thinking we would see gains by 2022, and that's just not how these things work. Now we learned the hard way. Now I'm still grateful I was too early because I was able to get into a lot of things at an early price still because I have the patience to wait it out. And being in that space has been an absolute joy, and I can't wait to see what the future brings. But we were way too early. Now, if your average ding-dong Alex Becker fan is going to be too early to something, how long do you think they're really going to sit there and wait? Can they even afford to wait? So my point is, if, you know, gun to my head, I would say we're probably going to see a correction in this market too. And if you really want in, if you want in some of these smaller projects especially, I would probably wait for that. Might it just keep going up only and run away from you? Sure. If you want to throw a little bit in right now, go ahead. But I think you're going to see a lot cheaper prices in the future. And that's when I would really start to look at things. And if I were going to do that, mind you, I'm not. Um, if you ever see me talk about low cap stuff, it's going to be on the blog because it won't be an official um, investment for me. 
So make sure you check the blog every Thursday. The best way to really stay alert is to follow me on Twitter because I will always tweet out when a blog comes out because it doesn't come out every Thursday. But anyway, if I was going to go after low caps in the gaming space, I probably wouldn't put my money into individual projects. I would more be looking towards gaming studios and launch pads because every game is going to have to utilize one of these. And again, 90 to 95% of these things are going to fail or not meet expectations. Those are not great odds. Yes, I got into Alluvium, but I did a lot of due diligence there. And might I say, so far, so good. And when you own that token, you can also stake it and get 5% of all revenues that come from the game. You're not going to get this 5% yourself, but token holders get 5% revenue distribution from the game itself, which means, more importantly, that if people do start to dump this token, they're going to be less likely to, because then you forfeit the ability to collect like this. So there's a lot of things I like there, but I'm not going to sit there and mess around with any of the other ones. You can too, but my advice, not financial advice, would be to take a bit more of an intelligent approach to wait and then to enter by betting on the race and not the horse itself. But either way, like I said before, I think this whole period of time we exist in right now is one big accumulation phase. And even though these things seem like really big narratives to us, because this is the ecosystem, this is our little bubble that we live in, this bubble is still very small. So if you do have the patience to wait it out, you can still accumulate now or soon into the future and still be seen as crazy. But we already know. And every time we take profit, we're reminded of this, that we are certainly not crazy. We are just early.